Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and just watched the Warriors lose a game that I actually thought they were going to win to the Portland Trailblazers. This season is taking a lot of getting used to because the wins that the Warriors would pull out really easily the last few years, the ones that were close, but then, you know, they would just put it away in the fourth. Those don't really exist anymore. This was one of those games, and even though it was close throughout, and Portland kept scrapping and wouldn't let the Warriors get much of a lead, and it was back and forth for a while, actually, I thought the Warriors were going to pull it out. This is what they do. This is how they've done it for the last several years. But those days are officially gone. New days ahead. But this present day, Dame hit a shot, Dame Lillard, and it was over. The Warriors missed way too many layups in the final minute. Some bunnies that were just right there for the taking. But, oh well. The Warriors, of course, did not have Kelly Oubre Jr., who hurt himself dunking in practice, apparently. He dunked and he fell and he hurt his wrist. It's not a big deal, but they kept him out of the game for this one. And he definitely would have made a difference I know that Portland is missing Nurkic, CJ McCollum, and Zach Collins, but those guys are injured. They've been injured. Ubre, some freak accident, <laughs> goofing off or whatever, and he wasn't able to play. If he's in, maybe they have enough firepower to put this one away. James Wiseman, he had limited minutes. He did not look too good out there. He looked a little confused. It seems like he's just trying to set screens and he just kind of gets in the way sometimes when Steph is out there trying to wheel and deal and pick his spots. Wiseman just is there. And again, he had quite a few bad hands issues, some bobbles, some missed passes, some drop passes, some missed rebounds. Again, I think his hands are fine. He's shown that he has good touch. He can catch certain passes, but maybe he's just jittery, you know, (laughs) but this doesn't help the general consensus opinion that he has bad hands. It would have been nice. Hey, maybe if he had just played in the G League a little bit and and dominated and felt really good about himself. Because right now, I mean, he didn't play much in this game because he didn't look good. But also, Steve Kerr knew. I mean, he wanted this game. This was a game in their schedule that I've spoken about where they could probably steal one. And it wasn't even stealing one. The Blazers are wounded. This was a game that technically they should have won with Ubre. They definitely should have won. I'm not saying that they're way better, but with the teams that they're playing in the next couple weeks before and after the All-Star break, the Lakers without Anthony Davis and then the wounded Blazers were the teams to go after because now they face a good Suns team, a very good Clippers team after the All-Star break and the Utah Jazz, the best team in the league right now. And then after that, they get the Lakers again. So a couple episodes ago, I was talking about how this buzzsaw of a schedule was going to be very telling for the Warriors. Everybody was feeling good. They were four games above 500 with all their mediocre ups and downs. But then they were going to get the schedule of six games in a row against 
teams that are arguably better than them. And really quickly, those four games over 500 can turn into two games under 500. We'll see. We'll see what this team is made of. There was that recent stretch where they had a chance to maybe put together a string of wins against the Hornets, the Magic, and they came home two and two. They disappointed. They surprised people by losing a couple of games that everybody thought they should win. Now, can they pleasantly surprise people and win a few games that people think they should lose? I thought that Lakers game was going to be there as an opportunity, but they just came out and played like garbage, came out flat. I thought this Portland game was definitely one. If they had executed, they would have been in a very good position to win the game. I did like Juan Toscano Anderson getting in a little uh, argument with Gary Trent Jr., Love that dude. I mean, (laughs) the Warriors need more people like that. You know, there's Draymond, and then there's JTA, and then there's other people that'll, you know, talk smack and stand up for themselves, but, you know, the real kind of get in your face. I dig that. They need that. And you know who really needs that is James Wiseman. Again, I think he's going to be totally fine. I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too much of a homer, but... I'm one of those people who does not yet have buyer's remorse on James Wiseman in terms of passing on LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is going to be awesome, but I 100% believe in James Wiseman in the future. Listen, everybody talks about Wiseman's feel, and it's just that he hasn't had reps. He played three games at the end of 2019 for Memphis, and then he didn't play again. He played pickup, he worked out by himself, he got buff, did drills. So his feel is a little off. Maybe it's a little behind, but I think he can catch up with that. I know it's these developmental years, you know, like physically and mentally and intellectually. So it would have been great if he learned these things early on, but I still think that ability is there. He's just 19, he'll be 20 this month. Lamella Ball, he's been playing under the spotlight since he was like, 15 years old because of his dad, because of his brothers. He's played all over the world, in Lithuania, in Australia, against grown men who are way more physical because those leagues probably just allow a lot more physicality because they're not so concerned about protecting their players. So his feel, I mean, he has a natural feel as a point guard, but his feel, of course, is way better. Give Wiseman time. If Lamella wasn't balling out, I don't think I'd be sitting here trying to justify (laughs) drafting James Wiseman. I love the guy. I think he'll be good. Like everything we saw at the beginning of the season, he can still do. But it's just that right now, the Warriors realize that their margin of victory is very slim. That's why they moved him to the bench. And that's why they only play him when they can. And you know what? I was texting with my friend Aram in Toronto after this game. And hey, this game helps us in that effort to thread the needle, I suppose, where we make the playoffs and also keep our top 20 protected pick that we owe to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Kelly Oubre Jr. trade from the beginning of the season. We're not winning the title. I've said this time and time and again, and I know most of you out there know it. The goal is to get the Minnesota pick. I mean, that's obviously not under anyone's control. That's just the lottery, unless it's rigged and please Adam Silver give it to us. Just kidding. The goal is the ideal scenario. Get the Minnesota pick at four or five, draft whoever is there amongst Suggs, Kaminga, Jalen Green, and have a fun showing in the playoffs, get the young guys some experience, and keep our own pick. Again, 
if people don't realize this now, once Clay went down with the Achilles, the season in terms of being a contender, a legit contender, was over. That's why we all took it so hard, because what we've been waiting for, what we'd been envisioning, was gone. And so you try to do what you can, you try to improve, and you take the long view. It's always about the long view. But James Wiseman needs more dog in him because, I mean, he seems like a really, really nice kid, smart, thoughtful, again, cerebral to the point where uh, he might get into his head a little too much. Totally understand that. But man, seeing him kind of get pushed around by Enos Cantor a little bit, he's talked about how so many of these guys have <laughs> tricks, some of these some of these NBA centers that he plays against. They all have like tricks. And yes, it's the NBA. Everybody has these little tricks, the holds, the pushes when no one's looking, all that stuff. He's got to learn that. And he's got to fight, not physically punch anyone but really, really go after those rebounds. Sometimes when he goes for a rebound, he looks like a little kid, like someone's trying to play keep away with him. The physicality seems to get to him a little bit. That will improve in time. I think he just needs to get used to that physicality. I mean, he's a massive dude who's not used to playing against other massive dudes probably. And again, he missed like three weeks, a month or whatever. So his development is a little stunted again. He's just trying to ramp up and catch up to where he was before, whereas the rest of the team has gotten its legs under them a little bit, and they're all vets anyway. So patience, you know? Like, it's such a knee-jerk reaction to say that we shouldn't have taken Wiseman. If Wiseman was on the Hornets, he'd be allowed to make all the mistakes he wants. I'm sure he'd be looking good out there. Maybe not as good as LaMelo is, because LaMelo is just ahead, but anyway... I'm riding with James Wiseman ever since the beginning of the season, and and hopefully he doesn't disappoint me in a season or two. But yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him be a little meaner, you know, at least on the court, a little bit more attitude. I thought we saw that at some points, you know, when he was dominating some smaller teams, I can think in the Spurs game when he was getting all those dunks. Since then, he's just so mild-mannered, sits at the end of the bench, which is totally fine, doesn't really emote again, which is totally fine, but you just got to get on the court and show it fight for everything. One last thing, Andrew Wiggins at the beginning of the season, when he was quote unquote leading the second unit, I made a comment that he just looked like another guy on the second unit. He didn't look like the main scoring option or somebody who was taking charge more than anyone. I mean, imagine Clay, Clay Thompson on the second unit he'd be the primary focus. You know, you look for him, give him the ball, he'll shoot it, whatever, try to create for others. Wiggins just is another guy. That second unit is clunky still. Kerr opted for Juan Toscano Anderson instead of James Wiseman, which again, because Wiseman wasn't playing well, was smart. Uh, JTA, he played hard. He hustled, got under some of the Blazers' skins. I'd like to think, I mean, I'm I'm happy with Wiggins and the trade overall. And again, it's not my money, it's Joe Lacob. So, you know, the salary is one thing, but if he has the ability to put up like an easy 20 points per game, I would like to see him be a little bit more assertive, you know, at least try. And if he's not hitting shots, then he could pull back, not force it, you know? I'm not saying be a ball hog. I'm not saying just jack up shots, but if he has this ability, 
it'd be helpful to see it. The Warriors are back two two games <laughs> over 500. So this is where they've been sitting for most of the season. And here we are, halfway through, technically, coming up. One more game before the All-Star break. And do we know who this team is? I think we're looking at it. There's still another level they can get to if certain people like James Wiseman step up. If Wiggins starts solidifying his shot. I mean, Ubre has been playing well if he continues to do that. And then the second unit has flaws. What's the solution to Brad Wanamaker? I mean, you brought Jordan Poole back. You brought Nico Mannion back. I'd love to see either of them instead of Brad Wanamaker just to see something different. With Wanamaker, you know what you get. With Poole, you kind of know what you get. But let's see if he actually is any good. Let's see if these numbers that he put up in the G League actually mean anything. I'm highly skeptical, but I would love to be proven wrong. My guy is Nico Mannion. I am a resident of Mannion Island. So if Wanamaker can't cut it, Poole can't cut it, put my guy Mannion in there and he'll run the show. Anyway, it's a back-to-back. They got Phoenix in Phoenix, a place where last time they were there, Kelly Oubre dropped a clunker, and it was one of their worst showings of the season. Hopefully, we won't see a repeat of that, but it will be tough. The Warriors are coming from Portland, flying into Phoenix, and Phoenix did not play tonight. So they're going to be way more rested. I don't know. That doesn't bode well. But that's why they play the games. We shall see. Anyway, that's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. And be sure to tell your Warrior fan friends to tune in to the podcast. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society, and you can also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash nationalfilmsociety. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.